0: weeks ago he called everybody in the church adulterers and adulteresses so he he was not always the most uh what we would say tactful or things like that but definitely um he was very bold and clear and you're going to see more of that today and the title i think is what it needs to be but it's not cheery so i hope that you'll hear what the lord has to say today and he'll speak to your heart and the title today is everyone is terminal everyone is terminal and I think sometimes we forget uh, how quickly our life can change and I hope that you'll let the Lord speak to your heart today about that truth and then because of that I hope that you will obey him uh, and seek him as clearly as you can. So let's start together the book of James chapter 4 and we're going to be in verses 13 through 17. Diane do we have slides today? Okay, well, you guys, I'll do my best, and we'll make our way through it. You guys have to listen a little bit more clearly. Again, James chapter 4, beginning verse 13, and this is King James Version as we get started with this morning. The Scripture says, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings, and all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let me read that last sentence again. It's a hard one. To him... That knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. I've got a simple quote I wanted you to start with today. It's from W.M. Lewis, and I hope that you'll take this from the heart that it's given from today. He says, The tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon, but that we wait so long to begin it. The tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon but that we wait so long to begin it. Have you ever thought, well, I'll do that eventually, I'll try that eventually, maybe I'll get there eventually, right? And then when you finally eventually get there, you're like, why didn't I do this years ago? (laughs) Amen? Sometimes that's even with salvation, isn't it, right? Okay. Uh, Today, I want to challenge you about your plans and about really listening to the lord and being obedient and not taking for granted the very breath that you have i hope you caught that today we sang great are you lord it's your breath in our lungs and even in our last song right it was worthy of every breath we can ever breathe right Uh, every breath we're given is given by the lord let's go back through the passage again it'll be good since uh, our slides are there so we're going to do verses 13 through 17, but this time from NIV. Again, listen, or if you have the scriptures to read along with, listen again. The Bible says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes instead you ought to say if it is the lord's will we will live and we will do this or that and as it is you boast and brag and all such boasting is evil anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins the idea here this morning is we should not be with presumptuous with god you are not promised tomorrow that's a hard thought isn't it right everything just kinda goes to pattern for so long that we get lulled into the pattern don't we right and again I'm not hopefully I'm not trying to take advantage of a situation but it's just so real this morning when you think of the Riggs family everything this week was to pattern and there's plans and future and what's going to happen and in one moment their whole life is completely different right and most of you have probably been through something like that whether it was a health need or a relationship or a family member loss, that all of a sudden your world completely changed, didn't it, right? If you guys could have been here Good Friday, and many of you were, we heard people share stories about that type of change, and yet how God had delivered peace even in the midst of those difficult things. We are not promised tomorrow, and those words are so easy to say, but sometimes it's hard for them to sink in. Burton Orsler says this, he said, We crucify ourselves between two thieves, regret for yesterday, and fear of tomorrow. Again, I've said this before, but I challenge you this morning, if you knew that your life was about to end, what would you do differently? We said this a few Wednesday nights ago. I said, what if this was it? What if you knew that tomorrow, Monday, was your last day on the planet? That's what you get. What would you do and some people were, and I appreciated what their answer was, they were going to call all their family and friends, make sure that they knew about the Lord, and they were going to do that. Some were going to go spend time with family. But what I really appreciated were the people that said, I'm not going to do a single thing different, because every day I get up to obey the Lord, and whatever he has for, to meet, for tomorrow, if that's my last day, that's how I'm going to live it. Right? Are you seeking the Lord in your plans for every day? How many of you already know what tomorrow is like and you haven't even consulted the Lord? Hello? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm going to get up in the morning. Probably the dog will wake me up at about 5.30 and Wendy won't get out of bed, so I'll have to get out and let the dog out. And then I'll come back and try to lay down and then Wendy will get up and then I'll... My alarm will go off about 6.20 and then I'll hit snooze like four times and then I will finally get up and I'll have some sort of, either an egg or some piece of toast. I will make my way to Panera, get my coffee, and go on to work. And then there I will try to, we we have state testing started this week, oh boy. So I'll make sure that I'm checking with all the iPads, make sure they're all working and make sure all of our team is in place. And about noon, I'll try to go to lunch and I'll go home and let the dog out again and come back to work and then I'll work till about five o'clock and then I'll come home and then watch, eat some dinner, oh hello fresh this week so that sounds pretty good and then um, at about 8.55 my alarm will go will go off and I'll try to call Sintel and Jacob and one of us won't be able to get on discord for about five minutes then we'll figure it out then we'll meet together, pray, I'll watch a little YouTube and go to bed did I consult the Lord in any of that? Oh, I didn't go into this Bible, actually read my Bible when I wake up in the morning. That's my devotion time. Um, where's the Lord at? How about in our church plans? Well, it's April. We've got a quarterly meeting coming up. Uh, in May, we don't have too much going on, although we do have a special game day. Shout out to the boys. We'll do VBS in the summer. We After summer, we'll do the car show in August. We'll do a men's retreat in the fall. We'll have our Thanksgiving dinner. We'll have Christmas Eve service. We'll start New Year's. We'll have a state of the church. We'll do some planning, chili cook-off, and we'll do it all again. Did we ask the Lord about that? We do, by the way, but just wanted to test you on that. How many times do we already have everything all scheduled out and we have not consulted the Lord? We have presumed that things are going to stay, He's going to provide that is, and we're going to make our way. And here that challenge is this morning is that we need to be reminded that we only breathe because the Lord allows us to. And we're only given today. But amen, we're given mercy today, right? We're given provision today. We're given grace for today. We're given our daily bread for today. Those are the promises that we're given for today. But again, I challenge you this morning to be mindful of the fact that everyone here is dying and everyone here will face death unless Jesus returns. You don't have to take my word for it. Hebrews chapter 9. Verse 27, second part of the verse, the author of Hebrews says, It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. Right? It is appointed unto man once to die. So the question becomes this, not how will you die, but how will you live? So many of us get caught up in how we're going to die, right? Is it going to be cancer? Is it going to be diabetes? Is it going to be a car wreck? Is it going to be a shooting? Is it going to be... Uh, some other tragic disease. It's going to be pandemic. But th- that's not the question. You're going to die. One way or another, you will. But how will you live? Miss Charlotte, how did she live? Woo! Talk about an incredible godly woman. Humility, patience, uh, faithfulness, seeking the Lord in all she did. She lived the life, didn't she? Amen. It wasn't about how she died, it was about how she lived. I've got to be part of my grandma and grandpa Malone's funerals, both of them. It wasn't about how they died, it was the life that they lived. How will you live? If you look at the people here in the text, what were they doing? They didn't know about today or tomorrow. There was no guarantee. But what was their plan? Oh, here's the deal, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go over to the next city And we are going to make the big bucks. And a year from now, we're going to be living the high life, right? Is that your presumption on God? We do the same thing in our own life, don't we, right? Well, you're going to go to grade school. You're going to go to high school. You're going to go to college. You're going to get a degree. Then you're going to get a really good job. After that job, you're going to start out pretty poor, but you're going to make your way up the ladder. And hopefully by your late 50s, early 60s, you can retire. You'll live the good life, and then you'll die. It's the same thing, isn't it, right? We've laid it all out. Here's the plan. Here's how it works. But have we consulted the Lord in our plans? Again, these gentlemen had no guarantee that they would be able to stay a year. They had certainly no guarantee of making money. We have no guarantee of material wealth. Hello? We don't, do we, right? We kind of think we do sometimes. Whether we are farmers or laborers or teachers or doctors or lawyers, we must depend upon God. Most of us have had this lesson a time or two, but we still seem to forget. Has God ever delivered for you? And yet sometimes, just like the Israelites, what do we do? Can you believe this happened to me? The garage door would go up halfway. That's what our house was yesterday. It was going up halfway. Or the refrigerator stops working, or the washing machine, or somebody hits the side of the car and you got to deal with car problems. I hate car problems. They're the worst, aren't they, right? How many times, and then we just start complaining and whining, and the Lord says, Why do you forget? I have delivered for you. Come to me. As we saw in James last time, come near to me, and I will come near to you. If we seek God's face, and His kingdom, and His righteousness, what is the promise? Seek first the kingdom of God, right, and all these things. And it's not this idea of material riches, but the things we need for each day. And again, I want to remind you this morning, some more scripture. If you have your Bibles and you want to, you can turn to Proverbs 27. But planning is not a bad thing. It's not bad to plan, but presumptuously assuming that you're going to have whatever you want, or that the Lord's going to do whatever you want. That's where we get into problems. Let's look at, just real quick, that planning is not a bad thing. Proverbs 27, verse 23. Proverbs 27, verse 23, the Word of God says, Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. For riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. When the hay is removed, and new growth appears, and the grass from the hills is gathered in, The lambs will provide you with clothing and the goats with the price of a field. You have plenty of goat's milk to feed you and your family and to nourish your servant girls. It's not bad to plan, so don't take that from the message today, but to presume upon God is the problem. Taking life and taking God for granted is the issue, and that's what James is addressing. Again, verse 14, he says to the church, he says, Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while or a vapor, and then it vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will do this or that. James reminds us life is short, and we should always depend upon the Lord. This is from John Taylor. It is so good. Listen to this for just a second. He says, I have not heard recently of committee business adjourned because those present were still awaiting the arrival of the Spirit of God let that sink in for a second he says I haven't heard of a business meeting being adjourned because they were still waiting on the spirit of God I have known projects abandoned for lack of funds but not for the lack of the gifts of the spirit Uh, we can't do this yet because we don't have the right spiritual gifts in place do you ever heard that no he says provided the human resources are adequate we take the spiritual for granted right can we get this done well do we got enough money do we got enough manpower do we got enough time oh yeah well let's do it did we seek the lord in your own life the same is so true how many times do we just do the best we can with physical resources without examining our spiritual resources we need more often to ask questions like this where does god want me even in the morning when you wake up, you should be asking the Lord, Lord, where do you want me today? Amen? You're assuming. I'm assuming, well, this is where I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to do. What we need to be asking is, Lord, what is today for me? Here's the other thing I love. We need to be asking this question. Where is God active? What do we usually say? I'm going here, Lord. You come with me. Right? I'm going to go do this task. You come with me. I'm going to go to the doctor. You're going to come with me, Lord. I'm going to go talk to my friend. You come with me. I'm going to go travel to such and such a place. You come with me. But what should we be doing? Where is the Lord? Where is he active? Is he doing something special at servant's heart and that's around me? Let's go be a part of that. Let's see where the Lord is at work. Is he doing something special with the homeless? Let's go be a part of that. Let's do that kind of work. Where is the Lord active and where is he at work? Let's go be a part of those things instead of asking him to come be a part of what we're doing. And then this question, what part of God's will do I already know? We've been studying this in 1 Thessalonians, right? What do I know I already need to do? Why don't I be about that thing? The things that I'm going to do today, are they part of God's will that I already know? Is God with me in this project, or am I with him? And then, of course, a very familiar one. What would Jesus do in this situation? When's the last time you even asked that question? What would the Lord do if he was faced with this? You guys, we need to change the way we talk. And I think it'll help some of our people. Uh, Brother Tom Johnson, when I was pastoring over in Illinois, and Wendy and I lived in Salem, um, when we came to Calvary Church in 1995, first Sunday of November, Tom and Rita Johnson walked in the door at the very same day. And they would. Uh, Tom would stay with us for almost eight years. He'd come to find out he had terminal cancer he's supposed to die in six months and he lived for about eight years again don't presume on the lord either right when the doctor says yeah you're not going to do whatever well let's see what the lord says right and tom had this saying and just about any time we would be doing something he would say uh well lord willing and the creek don't rise he lived out in the country and really if the creek did rise there was a lot of things you weren't doing <laughs> and so our church kind of adopted this phrase and so we'd say I'll see you Wednesday Lord willing and the creek don't rise and just like you're talking here today we would, we'd smile, we'd laugh a little bit but there's so much truth isn't that right we're going to meet together Wednesday night you guys we had such a great Bible study Wednesday night it was awesome the people were digging and growing and putting things together it was, it was really cool We're going to meet this Wednesday night, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, right? Daniel Edwards hopefully will be here Saturday in this very pulpit, and he's going to be preaching the word of God to preachers and church leaders, and it's going to be awesome, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, right? And then go down the list. What's this next activity? What's this plan? Even paying the house payment. You've been witnessing to my family, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Hmm. How many times do we never say that type of phrase? Because we just assume, right? And some of my friends have said a phrase which is very similar, and it's the idea of this. is like, well, if the Lord tarries. I'll see you Tuesday if the Lord tarries. What's that mean? Can the Lord come back today? Is there anything he's waiting on? Just a call from the Father, amen? <laughs> Father says, go, he comes. Do you think that way, though? You think the Lord's not coming back? He had not come back in 2,000 years. He's not coming back in my lifetime. Maybe, you know, my great-grandkids, or maybe the year 3,000. He's not coming back now. No. We need to season our speech with, Lord willing, Lord willing, creek don't rise, if he tarries, you guys, that needs to not come from me. That needs to come from you. When you share that with your brothers and sisters, say that to some of your coworkers sometime. You think that'll open a door to witness, right? Um, yeah, I'll probably see you Thursday, Lord willing. Lord willing, what you talking about? You say, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. They're really going to laugh at you. <laughs> and it'll open an incredible door for you to do What? to say that I know I have an opportunity, I want to tell you about the Lord. I know my life could go at any moment, but I'm ready to meet him. How about you? What a simple way to open a door to have a conversation about knowing Jesus. Amen? And here it is laid out again, James reminding his church family, please, please don't take the Lord for granted. Here's a phrase that I would like to share with you today. May God stop us if he is not with us. Sounds a little familiar. I think Moses said something like that, didn't he, Brother Paul? <laughs> if the Lord isn't going with us, we're not going either. Amen? And that's the way it needs to be in our church, and our plan. we try really hard to pray through our planning. Brother Todd, almost every Sunday, will have a phrase that reminds us that, well, if it's the Lord's will, we would go and accomplish these things. Amen? Yes. Are we going to do these things? Lord willing, we are going to do these things. But may the Lord stop us if he is not with us we can only move as we should if god is leading and willing so again i challenge you this morning are you depending upon god or are you depending upon you if you are depending upon you you will waste your life and i don't want to waste my life it's way too short it's over way too quick so i'm going to try to the very best of my ability to be dependent upon god James' church was full of boasting and bragging on where they were headed and what great things they were going to accomplish, but they lacked dependence. And you guys know my prayer is that God would make us desperate for him. Now, the final words in this passage are some of the most crushing in the Scriptures, aren't they? To him who knows the good he should do and he doesn't do it, he is what? He is sinning. To him it is sin. Now, most of us have been raised that sin is the things we're not supposed to do. Amen? Right? Most of you probably have a list, don't you? I had a list, right? What was the list for you guys? Ten Commandments, that's a good list to start, yes. For some of us, it was even more uh, exterior things, right? When I grew up early on in church... Women were supposed to wear certain clothes. Men supposed to wear certain clothes. Supposed to look that way, right? Uh, Way back, you go back far enough. Men were not supposed to have beards. That was a sinful thing for a man to have a beard, right? Uh, No playing cards present. That was a sin. Sunday, if you didn't work on Sunday, sin, right? Been a lot of lot of rules about if you do this, you'll be sinning, right? What was the old uh, joke? Don't uh, drink or cuss or smoke and don't be with the girls that do, right? Is that what he was like? All this list. But notice what this is right here. This isn't the sins of commission, the things that you do. What's this the sin of omission, right? You guys know this. This is when God prompts your heart and he says you need to do this and what do you say? Mm, I know I should, but I'm not gonna. let me let me really clarify this today. Please hear me out today. There's so much to be done in the world. Are you supposed to do all the good in the world that needs to get done? You can't do all the good in the world, right? I feel like my friend Sindhu is trying to conquer India all by himself. (laughs) I'm like, Sindhu, you can't do it all. There's no way you can do all the good that needs to be done. But what you are responsible for is the good that you need to do, the good that the Lord would have you do. And when you don't do what God is prompting you to do, what is that? That is sin that's pretty clear isn't it right again sin here is the thing we are absolutely sure we should be doing but we're not I want to challenge you this morning very simply what is it that you should be doing but you have been putting off there's no guarantee of Monday guys there is no guarantee of tomorrow what is it that you're supposed to be doing and hopefully you're doing it but if you've been putting something off why Again, life is short, don't waste it, use it. And sometimes God has to kind of wreck us just a little bit to get us where we need to be. You ever had that happen? So I pray for Emily Petty and her family quite a bit. They're on my heart a lot, and I kept thinking, I need to find out what's going on, and, and I never did reach out. And the next thing you know, I get a text yesterday from Emily's mom, Vina, and Emily's grandpa, Grandpa Mike, he is actually had three heart attacks and he's really not in a good way I'm like oh i'm so sorry to hear that and then she begins to share if you would know the petties um, it was their dream to own a restaurant and to use that for the glory of god it's called open door diner and that was the idea that people would come into the diner and then they would leave not only with their stomachs filled but also with an opportunity to know the lord through the workers in that place but if you've ever been around a restaurant business It's not a a 40-hour-a-week job, is it? Right? It is intense. Well, Emily's dad, Jim, has been really sick for a long time. And about six to eight weeks ago, Emily's mom, Vina, messed up her knee going down some stairs. And guess what? She hasn't been able to go to work. This lady who has constant energy, constant drive, seeing her vision and her goal, for most of us, what would that do to us? it would put me in like a deep depression. (laughs) Like, I need to be about this, and I can't do this. Why is God doing this to me? Why is this happening? And you know what Vena said? She said, the Lord allowed this to happen to me so I could spend the time I need to spend with my husband because I didn't realize how much time I needed to spend and to be around him. Right? She recognized God's working in her life. And she knows you don't take life for granted. And she knows she wants to follow the Lord's lead with every breath she has been given. Today, I'm challenging you. What about you? Hear me out this morning. I'm not asking you to rush into something where God is not leading. But if you've been putting off something just because you'll get around to it eventually, you may not. Maybe it's time you made the conscious decision to obey. Maybe it's time to stop sitting and start doing (laughs) the opposite of what we think sometimes where might you be holding back and kind of as we wrap this up this morning i'm kind of really pulled this morning to share the idea of sharing with people that you love that are far from god right are you hearing the lord today i don't know how much time you have left so you may not have that many more times to share about god with the people you love But I also don't know how much time they have left for them to hear about the God who loves them. We can't take these things for granted. Again, don't step out of the Lord's will. Keep in touch with his spirit, but follow with him. Let me read the last passage again, and then we'll have our time of invitation this morning. James says, and he says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, we will spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and we'll do this or that. Amen. Let's in this.